Hey everybody, this is Father John Ricardo with Acts 29, and in the middle of all the craziness and the uncertainty that's going on right now, it seems from our perspective as a team that it's worth using these days to reflect in a more deliberate way on the scriptures every day, which for many of us now is the only spiritual food that we're receiving. And so we're going to do a special podcast series simply entitled, Be Not Afraid, God's Word in Uncertain Times. And we'll try to post something every day, usually reflecting on the scriptures so that we can listen in on what God is trying to say to us in these days. So what do you do when all of your plans get turned upside down? What do you do when your whole life gets thrown out of whack? Does that sound relevant and timely to anybody? Because it sure seems so to me, given all that's going on in the country and in the world and in the church that we're living in right now. And I would suggest that the Feast of St. Joseph that we're celebrating today has much to teach us about how we are to live our lives right now as many of our plans get turned upside down and we find ourselves living, trying to continually ask the question, what should I do next? So let's look at Joseph. Let's apply him to our situation right now. Before we look at Joseph, let's look at Mary, the woman to whom he is betrothed in the scriptures, but understand that the fact that Mary and Joseph are betrothed does not mean that they're engaged. They're actually already married. But back in the Jewish culture, at the time in which Joseph and Mary lived, uh, marriage was kind of a two-step process. First, you were betrothed, you were legally married, but then only later did you begin to live together. So go back, if you will, in your mind to Luke chapter 1 and the appearance of the archangel Gabriel to Mary, telling her that she's going to have a child. And remember, Mary's response is, how? Well, she asks how because clearly... Mary and Joseph have made a decision that they are not going to have children. This is going to be a different kind of marriage. There's always been a tradition in the church that Joseph is much older than Mary, that perhaps he marries her to protect her, to provide the provision that a woman would have needed back then in the culture in which uh, they were living at the time. We know that's what the decision was because otherwise the archangel would have looked at Mary and said, uh, what do you mean, how? Like, you and Joseph, you're going to sleep together and you're going to conceive a child, right? So keep that in the back of your mind as we start to look at Joseph and his life. So here's a man who seems to have everything all planned out. Like, career, check. You know, I'm a tradesman, carpenter, stonemason, whatever that case might be. Uh, place to live, check. Bride, check. Like, I got everything going for me. I got the most spectacular woman of all time who for some reason has said yes to me and my proposal to marriage and now we're married and then all of a sudden one day she comes to you and she says um hey I know we said that I wasn't going to have a child but I am in fact I'm pregnant but um don't worry The child is God's. Yeah, right. Imagine you're Joseph and you hear that. Boom. Your whole life just got turned upside down. 
So this spectacular woman, the likes of which you've never met before, comes to you and says this to you, which of course is an impossibility, unless in fact God is real and there's miracles, and of course he is. And so you try to go to bed that night. And you go to bed and you have a dream. And somehow God speaks to you so clearly in this dream that by the time you wake up, you come to the conclusion that as absolutely as insane as this sounds, you believe her. And so you take Mary into your home to be your wife. And then you live through all that the people are going to talk about as they start spreading rumors and gossip about this woman who was clearly pregnant before she began to live with you. And then she conceives, or rather gives birth, and some madman is trying to kill not only him, but all the other children around in the place where you've given birth, Bethlehem. And so you have to, again, pull up your stakes, have your life turned upside down, and flee to Egypt where there's safety. Oh, by the way, I don't know that you know anybody in Egypt. I don't know that there's a job there. I don't know that there's a place to live there. But you go, and you go, because you trust. You trust that God will make it clear and will provide. And then you get to Egypt, and then you get news that the man who tried to kill your son, he himself is dead, and you can move home. And so you do. And so, again, you do that because you listen to God, and you trust that he will speak. Joseph's whole life from the moment that he and Mary are betrothed is one in which he has to learn to be utterly dependent on the truth that God will show him the next step. So are we right now, I think. There's lots of us who are asking, what do I do right now? What do I do in my family? What do I do with my job? What do I do with my employees? What do I do in, in, in the diocese that I pastor? What do I do in the parish that I pastor? What do I do with my work, which all of a sudden is seemingly on hold? What do I do? And I think Joseph, one of the most important lessons that we learn from Joseph is the simple truth that God talks. He speaks. He speaks in lots of different ways, and he speaks to each of us in completely different ways. To some of us, he speaks in inspirations. To some of us, he speaks in dreams. To some of us, he speaks through natures. To some of us, he speaks through other people, but he talks. Someone said recently that the whole of the Christian life is based upon the presupposition, God speaks. Do you believe that? Because if we don't, we are in dire trouble right now. And if we do, then all we need to do is to make sure that we give him time to talk. One of my favorite passages, increasingly so over the last number of weeks and months, has been the line in the psalm that your word, Lord, is a light for our steps, or a lamp unto my feet. And the imagery that's used there is this is one of those portable hand lamps that you would carry as you go out into the night in ancient times. And all this kind of lamp shows is the next step. So many of us, we want to see the whole plan. I want to see what the next six months look like. I want to know what the next 18 months look like. I need to know what to do for my financial planning. I need to know what to do for the care of my family right now. I need to know the right decision to make for the long-term future of the employees that I have. Here's the reality. I don't know. 
What I do know is that God will show me what should I do right now. One of my favorite movies, it's not one of my favorite movies, my favorite movie is Hacksaw Ridge, true story about a guy named Desmond Doss, who was a World War II soldier who gets sent over to Okinawa. And there's so much in this movie that's worth talking about. The only thing that comes to mind right now in a special way in this Feast of St. Joseph, and especially given the situation right now, is a scene, one of the most powerful scenes I've ever seen on film, where this man is dropped, more or less, into a battlefield on Okinawa. And he's there in the middle of a battle when all of the soldiers that he's fighting with, they all retreat. They flee down this ridge, which is several hundreds of feet high. And he makes the decision to stay. He's not left behind. He makes a decision to stay because he wants to be of service as a combat medic to those who are out there in the field, on the battlefield, who are wounded. And after everybody goes in the middle of bombardments taking place and gunfire happening all around him from the enemy, he falls to his knees and he prays. And this is what he prays. He says, what is it you want of me? I don't understand. I can't hear you. And then as soon as he prays that, he hears out in the battlefield a voice cry out saying, Medic! Medic, help me! And he understands that that's God's voice speaking to him. And he puts his helmet on and he runs into the field of battle and then he spends the next 8, 10, 12 hours continually going back and forth into the battlefield and back to the ridge finding wounded, and then single-handedly lowering them down into safety. This man's an amazingly heroic figure. But that prayer, I would suggest, is the perfect prayer for us right now. And it's so in keeping with St. Joseph. I picture Joseph as he gets the news from Mary that she's pregnant. And oh, by the way, it's from God falling to his knees saying, what is it you want of me? I don't understand. I can't hear you. When he gets the news that somebody's trying to kill his son and he's got to fly to Egypt, I picture Joseph falling to his knees saying, what is it you want of me? I don't understand. I can't hear you. When he gets news that the madman's passed away and it's safe to go home, I picture Joseph falling to his knees saying, what is it you want of me? I don't understand. I can't hear you. And because Joseph is convinced that God will speak, he listens. And he does what he hears. Brothers and sisters, that's our motto, theme, image for today. Lord, I believe that you talk. I trust that though you may not show me the whole path, though you're not going to let me see what the next 18 months look like, or six months, or maybe even the whole month, I do trust that you will show me the next step. If I will only make time and listen. Perhaps for some of us right now, the challenge is to simply ask the Lord, Lord, help me to know how you communicate with me. Because he speaks to all of us differently. And then just give him that time. There's a great prayer in one of the opening prayers for Mass shortly after the start of the new year that simply says this, Lord, give us the wisdom to see what must be done, and the courage to do it. For all of us in our situations right now, whether we're 
moms, dads, priests, bishops, employers, employees, whatever we might be, let's trust that God will give us the wisdom to see and to hear what must be done and the courage to do it. Jesus, we trust in you. So help us to hear your voice. And remember, through all of this, do not be afraid. God is with you. You were born for this. (laughs) 